It's the JT The Brick Show. They get the snap off. Hand off Jacobs. Has the first down of the goal. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Raiders. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Raiders bring a blitz. He is smothered. Error brought down. Max Crosby came around for the sack. Your silver and black home to sound off for over 20 years. Snap to car in the shotgun. Back to pass. Climbs the pocket. Eyes downfield. Fires a strike to Devontae at the 25. Breaks away 20. 15, 10, 5. Dives. Touchdown, Raiders. And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, great to have you today as we get going today on Raider Nation Radio. Noon to 2. I believe that's 3 to 5 Eastern for those who are listening, everyone around the country. We're happy we have a national Raiders radio show for the first time, thanks to that Raiders mobile app that works brilliantly wherever you are in the country. Thanks for the streaming numbers, the downloads for all of our partners, our shows, everybody else as we're ready to go. We're brought to you by PTs. Every day, PTs fuels the monologue from 5 to 7, midnight to 2, the best happy hour in town. You know I go to PTs, you know they're my proud sponsor and partner for ever since I've been on the radio here and doing business with them. We thank Golden Entertainment as they own the Strat and helping us get to the Super Bowl. We do not go to the Super Bowl if we don't have all these clients in this time slot and in other time slots. So thanks again to our partners for supporting the radio show. There is no business of radio without the listeners, the callers, and our proud partners. So Tom Brady retires. Oops. Wow. I didn't see this one coming today, and I woke up today, and I'll talk about it in two blocks, first hour and then hour number two. We have two different audiences every hour. I reset it to top of the hour. For some crazy reason, I woke today at like 4.30 in the morning for no reason, and I usually awake before the stock market. I'm a former stock broker. The market opens up at 6.30. I normally am up right around the open of the market, which could start your day off terribly if you're trying to trade or get in there and look at something. I got up at like 4.30 this morning today, took the dog out early for a little bit, threw on the TV, and I caught this news live when it broke. And then everybody went to it, Fox News, CNN, uh, all the debate shows switched to it. I love watching the debate guys. They have the whole show set up. They're going to chuckle, laugh. They're going to play games. And then they have to pivot and talk about Tom Brady. Well, fortunately, this isn't a hot, hard topic to talk about, right? If you can't talk about Tom Brady as a sports talk radio host, you shouldn't be. A sports talk radio host. So Brady retires today, and that deeply affects the Raiders going forward. So where do we stand on all this? As always, I'll go first. I'm not devastated by this. There was a chance he could come here. I thought the best chance for him to go anywhere was going to be the Raiders or Miami. And I made that clear here the last couple of weeks since he lost. I thought Miami, close to his divorced wife and children, or Vegas because of his relationship with Josh McDaniels. Those were the two fronts that I was playing on, and I was optimistic that he'd come here. Why wouldn't I be? You know, I've been really enjoying the conversation on Brady, and I'm bummed it ends today because I thought it was a good topic that we could milk or stretch out and make it entertaining. And you, that's all I want to do. I want to have good topics to talk about with you every day. This is a good topic. Tom Brady might go to Vegas. He might come here for a visit. He might be here. He might go tour the facility. Wow, that, that was like days of good radio. We had lined up potentially, and poof, it's gone on a Wednesday in the middle of the week before the Super Bowl. I think most people were shocked by the timing of this. No one had this last night. No one was up this morning tweeting that this could happen. So it took everybody by storm. And for Raider fans, now we can move on, including myself and everybody else. At no point in the Brady discussion going forward, because he's a free agent and easy to connect the dots to McDaniels, at no point on this show did I ever give you an indication, ever, 
that Mark Davis, Dave Ziegler, or Josh McDaniels wanted Tom Brady. Not once. Never did that at all. The only, the only idea that we ever had that Brady was interested and that maybe the Raiders was, was Dana White a few years ago when he went out and most recently said that that was a done deal until John Gruden blew it up and wanted to stick with Derek Carr. That's the only time we had Brady conversations that, you know, you could speculate and wait to hear and we could have a real discussion. This was a discussion on what could be because the Raiders are in the market for a quarterback. And Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. I have all the stats in front of me. I'll get to them later in the show. And I think it would have been great if he came to Vegas because he's really good. He's still very good. And I think he puts the Raiders in the playoffs year one or year two. Either or both years on a short-term deal because he's Tom bleeping Brady. And there's not a lot of drop-off from Tom Brady. The only thing I got upset with with this particular audience is the fact that when people just came in and trashed Brady and said he sucks and he's old and he can't play anymore, those people were idiots. They made no sense. You don't have to like Tom Brady. It's, you're not an Einstein to say he's on the back end of his career. He's 45. But just to come up with fake garbage on Brady, he doesn't have anything anymore. I just threw the stats right back and shut everybody up when they said that. Now, maybe you didn't want Tom Brady because you don't like him because he's a former Patriot. Well, that's a really unique thing I've seen in the last couple of years. Uh, Raider fans, I can't break through on Raider fans on former Patriots. I can't even break through. So that's like a topic that I try to avoid now. Like, you can take the greatest Patriot of all time and say he's coming here, and they'll really be Raider fans in the parking lot will say, oh, I don't want him, he's a Patriot. I say, what'd you say? I don't want him, he's a Patriot. Randy Moss was a Patriot after this. Tom Brady's a Patriot, and I just turn away. Don't even engage those people, I walk away. But the people like Chris in West Oakland and other callers that call in, and they can really put together an explanation on why they don't want Brady and they want to keep Carr, or why they don't want Brady and they want Aaron Rodgers, or why they don't want Brady and they want Stidham and a bridge quarterback in the draft. I love those conversations. I don't disagree with you. You might be right. I might be wrong. But I would have thought it was. I would have thought it would have been great if Brady came here. It would have been cool for the city. It would have been great for the franchise. It wouldn't have blown up the cap. He would have brought other players in on the offensive line. I think it would have fast-forwarded whatever the Raiders wanted to do in the short term. And in the short term, they're also hosting the Super Bowl here. We, the Raiders of Las Vegas, are hosting the Super Bowl. I thought it would be a great story. And finally, because this this is not an apology for wanting Brady to come here. I'm not a fanboy. I'm not a fan of Brady. You know me. You've been listening to me for 25 years. I was on the air from Rich Gannon all the way to Derek Carr. You know how many bad quarterbacks were in between? I have the list. I have the list right here in my notes of how many coaches I've worked for, how many general managers, and how many quarterbacks have worked in my 24 years on this team. I can name them all. I have it on a list. They weren't very good. So to get Tom Brady to come here as an option, as a talk show host, would have been glorious. It really would. It would have been glorious. It probably would have been one of the most unique years in my career of covering any athlete. I've covered LeBron James nationally. When I talk locally, you know, I was in the Bay Area a couple of years with Steph and Durant. My early years in the Bay Area, you know, there's been times in my life where you cover one athlete who's better than them all. You know, I was on the air with Michael Jordan near the midpoint and end of his career. So Tom Brady, selfishly, would have been fun. It really would have been good to come in on this particular radio station every Monday to Friday from noon to two and have Tom Brady as one of my tentacle topics to talk about with you. OMG, because this is a PG show. I'd rather give you other language, but oh my God, how cool would that have been? 
Now it's over. And you know me, I move on. I move on with you. Sometimes you don't want to move on. Sometimes you hold grudges. Sometimes you get really upset and you take it out on me or you take it out on this station. We're fine, man. This is an emotional job. We deal with the emotion of fans that love sports. And hopefully that never changes. And the good news is I'm always going to be an emotional sports talk host who puts all my emotion into every show. I'm going to take some big swings. I'm going to have some misses. And this guy, I never told you he was coming here. I told you it would be a great fit, not a good fit. That's all I'm guilty of if you want to take me out behind the woodshed and beat me up anonymously on Twitter is I thought it would be a great fit. Short term for one year, and I think it would have been great for this city. I think it would have been a lot of fun. I think it would have been a lot of fun to see what would happen when Chiefs fans and Bronco fans with Russell Wilson come in with Sean Payton and Tom Brady comes running out of the tunnel from one end to the other and screams, let's go with the Raider jersey on. But that'll never happen. And I really believe he retired and he retired for good. Let's go to Tom Tom Brady's social media. This was very early today, Pacific time, when he made this announcement. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring. We're good. I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time, so when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first, so I uh, won't be long-winded. Like you only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year, so uh, really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me, my family, my friends, my teammates, my competitors, uh, I could go on forever. There's too many. Um, thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. Love you all. So it was pretty emotional for Tom Brady. And last year it got screwed up because they broke the news and it leaked before him. And it was very uncomfortable. And that was before his divorce. And again, I'm not divorced. And I don't talk about divorce because I'm not divorced. But there's a lot of analogy radio guys out there that are Mr. Divorce, and they tell you all about the divorce. He wants to be closer to the kids, and he wants to be closer to his ex-wife and all that. Whatever. That's not my level of expertise here. I just thought that Tom Brady, there was a, a good chance, a really good chance. I would have said the top chance of him to be the quarterback of this team. And now we're going to move on to option number two. And some are going to jump and go to Aaron Rodgers. Some are going to try to put together some trade scenarios of Lamar Jackson if he gets franchise tagged. Others are going to go to Stidham and a bridge quarterback. Jimmy G, oh yeah, oh yeah, Jimmy G. You know those Raider fans who hate the Niners and don't want Niners either, other than Ronnie Lott and Jerry Rice. They don't want Jimmy G. Jimmy G moves up the ladder, right? The top of the ladder, I had Tom Brady. He just jumped off the ladder. He's off. Now Jimmy G moves up a rung. And we'll sit there and we'll talk about it until Jimmy G signs with the Raiders or another team or wherever they're going to go here. But this is sports radio. It's good old sports radio. Speculation, predicting who's going to go where, wanting quarterbacks, wanting defensive ends, wanting running backs to come. We all have one thing in common today because many of you could do what I do for a living. I'm sure I can't do maybe what you do for a living. I don't know if you could do what I do for a living every day, five hours a day. I don't know if you could do that, but you could do what I do. I could put a headset on you, and you can probably do what I do. We're all, we're all involved with one topic today. None of us knew anything about what Tom Brady was going to do. Even if Mark Davis and Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler had an inkling and an idea that was going to happen with Brady, it's gone. He announced his retirement today. 
So I think we should do a show on this because a lot of used guys, as I often reference Goodfellas, a lot of used guys were pissed off at me and Vinny and other people on the channel. And Vinny's coming up today because we did our job and said, you know, Brady might come here. And oh my God, it'd be a hell of an upgrade compared to what we've had since Rich Gannon. Be a hell of an upgrade. And oh man, we were fighting you off like at the gates of Game of Thrones. Oh, Brady's washed. He's this. He sucks. We're going, what? And then the other people that got through and wanted to have a conversation, we had a pretty good conversation on Tom Brady. So tip our caps to Tom Brady. He'll go down, I think, as the greatest quarterback of all time, the greatest football player of all time, uh, the greatest winner of all time in this sport. Bill Russell's the greatest winner in the NBA. Uh, Brady will walk right into the Hall of Fame in five years, which will be big. He'll stand with the greats of the greats. He'll be the greatest Hall of Famer, arguably, of all time because he's the greatest player. And I got a chance to see him play a lot. I, I, I saw Brady play live a bunch. And I, I'm, I'm proud to say I watched him play. I was at both Super Bowls he lost to Eli, which brought joy to me. I was at the Super Bowl that he won when he was down 28-3 to to Atlanta. I was in the building for that. I saw him play in Oakland. I saw him play in New England. I, I see a lot of Tom Brady. I was on the air, pre- and post-game host for the tuck rule. I got my fill of Tom Brady, believe me. And uh, it would have been cool if he was a Raider. Again, I wasn't going to say it had to happen. I'd never say it would have to happen. It's got to happen. He's got to be the only choice. But am I disappointed today? I don't think that's the word I would use. I'm surprised. I'm surprised. I wish this would have went off another two, three, four weeks. I wish this would have went into, you know, a couple more weeks, two or three more weeks after the Super Bowl. And I wish we were all on pins and needles. I wish we had that show that he signed with the Raiders and we were getting ready for the press conference, or if he didn't sign with the Raiders and he picked Miami, that we were brought right to the edge of our emotions and our feelings on this moment. And now we'll just get ready for the next guy. But is it a buzzkill? No, I'm, I'm cool with this. Would have been a cool topic to talk about next week on Radio Row in between interview and guest, but sometimes big topics last a while. They blow up like a balloon, as a former mentor told me. A topic could be like when you fill up a hot air balloon. It stays on its side in the beginning, and then all of a sudden the air comes in and the balloon raises up before it takes off off the ground. This was a hot air balloon analogy where the balloon was still sideways. No one came in to put the air in just yet. So for me, as a sports talk radio host, I'm bummed out by this. As a Raider employee, a Raider fan, here's someone who wants the Raiders to do great things. It's not the end of the world. He's, it's not the end of the world. Tom Brady getting him at 35 would have been great having him for nine years, wouldn't it have? Oh, we had Derek for nine years, but that wasn't the case. So we have to move on to the next quarterback, and I'll have a lot to say on that uh, coming up. At bottom of the hour, Brandon Cristal, always a good guest. We had him booked yesterday for Denver, Sean Payton to Denver. That is another huge topic. The same numbskulls who were on the radio last year that said, Denver's going to the Super Bowl. Denver's going to win the AFC. They're doing it again today. I saw it live. They're going to do it again today. Sean Payton's going to take them from last place in the AFC West to the Super Bowl. Here we go. A couple of quick reminders what I learned last night. Benjamin Albright, who you'll hear coming up here on Friday, told me last night that he was the third option in Denver. Third. D'Amico Ryans was number two. Jim Harbaugh was number one. The day they signed Sean Payton yesterday, D'Amico Ryans was offered the deal again, and he turned down the Broncos to go to Houston. Now, I think Sean Payton's a better head coach than D'Amico Ryans. D'Amico Ryans never been a head coach. 
But Denver had other options other than Sean Payton. He was not their first choice. He's going to go there. He's going to fix Russell Wilson. He will. He'll fix Russell Wilson. Will he get him to the greatest of Russell Wilson? Maybe. Russell Wilson's still young when it comes to this. He's not injured. He should play at a high level. Will Sean Payton give the Raiders fits? Oh, my God, of course he will. On third and four, compared to Nathaniel Hackett not knowing the clock and Russell Wilson not confident in Nathaniel Hackett, on third and four at Allegiant Stadium, Denver is going to be much more dangerous than they've been under Vic Fangio and Nathaniel Hackett. So Raiders are going to have to deal with that. So those are two big topics today. I think it's all I need. I think they're the two biggest topics out there. Tom Brady retires. That's a monster. Sean Payton to Denver in the AFC West. And then there's the East-West Shrine Bowl practices are out there. Raider Nation Radio's there. And then everything that's going on in Mobile for the Senior Bowl where Patrick Graham is the head coach of one of the teams there. I got something to say on all that as we open up the show. 702-365-9200 as we open it up. Let's hear from you on Tom Brady. You sure all had a lot to say about Tom Brady over the last month. I hope the cat don't have your tongue today because today he checked out. He retired and even if you're not, you don't want to talk about Brady to the Raiders. Today's a great day to make a sports talk radio call on the GOAT retiring. Remember where you were today when Tom Brady officially announced his retirement. Chris in West Oakland. Love when he's the leadoff hitter on the show. What do you think, Chris? Hey, JT. Well, first off, let me preface this a little conversation we had a week ago, JT, when I didn't want Brady. I never said Brady sucked. I never said I didn't think he could play. My stance was I father times undefeated. And by the way, this isn't a surprise to me. It shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. I thought he'd play another year. But when a 46-year-old retires, the fact that we're in these uncharted waters in the NFL, we shouldn't be blindsided by this. I wanted to go after a guy like Rodgers. I want more years, not a one-term fix, one-year fix. I thought if Brady really wanted to play and wanted to win another, another Super Bowl, as diehard a Raider fan as I am and 49er hater, San Francisco's where he would have gone. They're ready to win a Super Bowl now. They're a quarterback away. He could have been like Peyton Manning, where even though he's a shell of himself, and, and like, you know, they could have won a Super Bowl going out the door. Again, I, he put up good numbers this year, JT, but I got the Sunday ticket. I watched almost every game. For the first time this year, I noticed a few chinks in the armor. I noticed a little bit the body language. He just looked old, missed certain throws. But like I said, I never hated Tom Brady. I've been on the record on your show for years and years. I've never been a Patriot or a Brady hater. The Raiders never had a rivalry with New England. This made-up thing in the mind of Raider fans, we got screwed by Walt Coleman 21 years ago. That was the extent of our, our history with the Patriots. There literally was never a rivalry. And if this would have happened four or five years ago, I'd have been all for it. But at the moment, it's irrelevant. All we can do now is let's celebrate the guy. And that's what's going to be the rest of my phone call with this, JT. This guy has put such a canyon between himself and every other quarterback, even if, if you want to go player's greatest player of all time, argument. He owns every single record. The guy has been to 10 Super Bowls. He's won seven of them. He's so far ahead of everybody else at this point, you kind of look foolish trying to make an argument that he's not the greatest of all time. Let me break down the, his, his career like this. Number one, he leaves New England. He didn't win the Super Bowl every year in New England, JT, but basically his three years in Tampa were a microcosm of New England. Won a Super Bowl, won three division titles, had a bye two out of the three years, pretty much what he did every year in New England. Won a Super Bowl every few years. But here's what separates Tom Brady, and you want to get down to just how amazing this guy's 24-year career was. 
24 years he played in the NFL, JT, and look at it this way. If you broke down his career into thirds, eight-year, eight-year, and eight-year, you have three separate Hall of Fame careers. That's how great Tom Brady has been. And I'm going to go out on a limb. You never say never. I'm going to say we're never going to see the likes of Tom Brady again. I love Patrick Mahomes, even though I hate the Chiefs with a passion. He's great to watch. He's maybe the most physically talented quarterback besides Aaron Rodgers I've ever seen. There's no way I see anybody ever playing 24 seasons again in the NFL. Maybe it'll happen. I don't know that I will live to see it. So whether you like this guy or not, today's the day you just sit back, be glad we got to watch the greatest of all time do what he did. Again, not was never a Patriot fan, but not a Patriot hater, but I'm glad I grew up in an era where we could watch every game, unlike the years past when the Jim Browns, the Willie Mazes, Bill Ruckles, we didn't get to see all those games because you didn't have mass media. We got to see and appreciate everything this guy did. We will never see another one, and frankly, you're just – you can't be talked to if you don't appreciate what this guy did and don't acknowledge him as the greatest of all time. So all I can say going out the door, thank you, Tom Brady, for allowing me to watch you. I hate the damn tuck rule game. To this day, it gets my blood boiling. But you are the best at what you've done, and the NFL will never see another like him. Thank you, my friend. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate it. What Chris said in the beginning was really unique about the canyon and the distance he put between himself and Joe Montana. Uh, I, I'm honored and very lucky to say I'm friends with Joe. And I got to know Joe over my career. He's been nothing but a gentleman to me and my family. And I always thought that Joe Montana was the greatest quarterback of all time when he was undefeated, undefeated 4-0 in the Super Bowl. And he had all those numbers until Tom Brady went past him. And then there was a fair debate being on the radio when Brady had five Super Bowls, but Montana never lost one. It's very similar to LeBron and Jordan. You know, Jordan went 6-0 and in the finals. LeBron's won four finals, but he's lost a few. That was, that's what used to be the debate between Montana and Brady. Brady passed him with the fifth Super Bowl, but he lost. And then Brady kept going and going and then going, and he distanced himself so it was no, there was no more debate between Montana and Brady. And that's what Jordan's dealing with now. Jordan can't distance himself from LeBron. Any reasonable sports fan... Who knows what LeBron's doing now, about to break Kareem's record, and what LeBron's doing at this age and what he's accomplished. No one can say that the debate is officially over unless you don't open up your mind. The debate is over with Brady. The only one who has an outside chance to catch Brady is Mahomes. You want another big Raider topic? How about that one? Mahomes, if he wins the Super Bowl, will have two. And he'll have two Super Bowl MVPs. And now we'll start looking at two trying to get to seven. And at the rate that Kansas City is winning AFC West titles and getting home games, you could see Mahomes getting to four. And then Brady's at seven, and then will Mahomes want to play into his 40s? There is not a young boy born today anywhere in the world that will catch Tom Brady in our lifetime. In our lifetime, I don't know how old you are, but in our lifetime, no one's going to catch Brady because he was that great. And in regards to the rivalry with the Raiders, there wasn't a big rivalry, but the tuck rule did a lot of damage. It did a lot of damage to Raider fans that I talked to with Josh McDaniels, Bill Belichick, and Tom Brady. They won't see through the wall of the tuck rule game. They won't give our head coach, our new head coach, a benefit of the doubt. That ship has sailed. They just want to now see wins. You know, Josh McDaniels came in, he didn't have a fair chance. Even at his press conference, there were Raider fans in the Raider feed saying tuck rule. 
All I'm just saying is, hey, man, give everybody a chance. Give everybody a chance in whatever you do in life. That's what I do. Whenever I meet someone, whenever I do business, whenever I do something with someone, no matter what everybody else says about that person or not, you make a first impression. Raider fans don't want to make a first impression with some 49ers, some Patriots, whoever it is, some Chiefs, a passionate fan base. You can't change Raider fans' minds. But I think there's a lot of Raider fans that would have liked Tom Brady being here because they want to win more than hate the Patriots. Does that make sense? Put that in a promo in three, two, and one. There's a lot of Raider fans here that would have accepted Tom Brady as their quarterback because they want to win. And Brady's a winner. And Brady at 45 in Vegas would have won. I don't know if he would have won the Super Bowl, but he would have won more games than Derek Carr. I can promise you that, Tom Brady. And that's what I care about mostly for you Raider fans. For all of you fans, I want to see you win. I want to see you be happy. I want to see you have a good time at a football game and not walk past me on the post-game show upset with a loss. Tom Brady would have brought some wins in here. Minimum. I don't know how many, but it would have been more than in the past. Thor. Yes, Raider Nation Drinking Club. What's happening, Thor? How are you? JT, my brother, man, hanging in, hanging in, heading down to your Survivor Resorts world right now to play a little poker and, and whatever. Heard about the Tom Brady news today. Um, you know, obviously Tom Brady is the, the, the football winning goat. Um, honestly, I did not want Tom Brady on the team myself, and, and for a couple reasons. I thought it was going to cause kind of a split similar to what we've had with the Derek Carr kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think I want young and hungry, and, and I love everything Tom Brady has done as far as winning is concerned. So, but I want young and hungry. I want youth. I want, I want uh, youthful exuberance. I want uh, a guy to come in who's going to be around for another 15 years, and, and, and I just don't see that in Tom. Um, and, but had Tom Brady came, I, I, as real Raider Nation, would have been like, go, Tom, go. And I would have hoped that Tom Brady got us there. I really want to fix the defense. Um, I really want to fix the defense. And, and, and I want, I'm, I'm good with let's sit them go for a year, maybe draft a quarterback um, in the later rounds. Um, and, and work on the defense, get the defense set up. I want to go yep. back to old school, run the football, play defense, hit people. That, that's where I'm at, JT. And, and we need to have a beer soon, my brother. I miss Look forward you, to it, Thor. Yeah, we'll definitely do. We'll all get together. we got a couple of events coming up. Thank you, Thor. Appreciate you doing it. A uh, couple of things. If, if they want to go down the road of a young quarterback with Stidham, that's going to be really dicey coming off six wins. And the only way that would work is if the Raiders just were able to keep Everyone happy on offense. That's Waller, Renfro, Devante, signing Josh Jacobs and all that, upgrading the offensive line, and then go balls out on defense. I mean, they got to get four new starters on defense. Did I repeat that? Four new starters. Two via the draft, two free agents who can play and are younger and really good signings for Dave Ziegler. It gets very complicated. Brady, if he was the quarterback here, I don't think would have taken more than $30 million, maybe a little bit more. I think it, whatever, even if he took $35 million, there would have been plenty of money to fix the defense. You wouldn't have had to trade draft picks to get him. Aaron Rodgers, you got to give up a draft pick. Lamar Jackson, you'd have to give up two, whatever it's going to be. So it's probably leaning more to Stenham after today with Brady out there. But this could be a lock for Jimmy Garoppolo with the Josh McDaniels relationship. And if Jimmy Garoppolo comes to Las Vegas to be the quarterback and he's completely healthy, which he is, 
coming off this injury, and he can pick up the offense quickly, and Stidham com- uh, is sitting behind him. I don't think Garoppolo would come here to compete with Jared Stidham. He'd be the starting quarterback, depending on what Stidham does. And I think if the Raiders had Jimmy G and Stidham, knowing this offense completely ice cold under Josh McDaniels, you got to know Josh McDaniels' offense. Derek was really good at learning Gruden, and I think Josh McDaniels' offense, but it looked like Gruden's offense at the end when he was more comfortable with than making mistakes in McDaniels. I think you'd see less mistakes with Stidham. Well, I don't want to say that about Derek. I don't know. Stidham, the offense opened up a little bit more with Stidham in those two games. We could see the mobility outside the pocket. But Jimmy G could pick up this offense blindfolded because he was in it for a while. Or if they draft a rookie, how long do you think it's going to take a rookie to learn Josh McDaniels' offense? Anybody? Bueller? Then you got to have a bridge quarterback. So the Tom Brady conversation is gone. Too bad. I enjoyed it. I thought we had a couple more weeks of it. Don't worry about me. I got plenty more to talk about. Brandon Cristal from KOA in Denver as we open up the show. Thanks to Remy Martin. Team up for excellence. I just want to say thank you guys for everything this year. I really appreciate all your effort, and I know it's hard for you guys too. It's hard for us players to make it through, and you guys got a tough job, and I appreciate all that you guys do to cover us and everyone who watches and is a big fan of the sport. We're very grateful for everyone's support, and, um, you know, hopefully, um, you know, I love this organization. It's a great place to be, and thank you, everybody, for welcoming me, all you regulars, and um, just very grateful for the respect, and I and, uh, hope I gave the same thing back to you guys so thank you very much appreciate it it's tom brady retirement day that's breaking news there's a lot of good content out there on this topic uh here in vegas we are very concerned about the broncos and i think the broncos have been concerned about the raiders in oakland now in las vegas brandon cristal joins us from koa my good friend who i'll see him at the super bowl next week and wow you've been there for everything with the broncos with peyton manning the quarterback changes the coaches coming and going this is a big one with Sean Payton. Take us through your timeline, knowing D'Amico Ryan's, the interview with Harbaugh, when you thought that it was going to be Payton here at the very end. Well, I, I think as you started to dissect kind of those three candidates specifically, when Dan Quinn bowed out and talking to people close to him that he just wanted to stick around, and I think he knows that he's a couple Mike McCarthy poor decisions away from maybe being the head coach of the Cowboys for five or six years if, if he could get that back on track. So you look at the other coaches, you thought David Shaw might be tied to Harbaugh and Jim Caldwell. I think they like talking with him. Jiro Avero, I think they'd love to keep around. I just don't think they were ready to go to Nathaniel Hackett's best friend and a fourth straight first-time head coach, which was something that D'Amico Ryans was maybe going to be able to get past. But he kept circling back to the ownership group and specifically Greg Penner saying they want to take a big swing. And you can take big swings and miss, right? We've seen that happen in playoff baseball forever. Just because you want to take the big swing doesn't mean you're going to hit the grand slam to win the game. But Sean Payton was the biggest fish out there of all eight candidates. He's the only one that has a Lombardi trophy and a ring of his own. And so even with the the news coming out about the second trip by Greg Penner to Ann Arbor last week to meet with Jim Harbaugh face-to-face, didn't mean they were ready to offer Jim Harbaugh the job either. I think that you have a bunch of really smart people running this team that have a very diverse background, and they were doing their due diligence on all of it. And at the same time, I think they were trying to drive the price down with the Saints, who initially wanted two number ones and two number twos, which is what the Raiders 
got in exchange for John Gruden going to Tampa all the way back in 2002. And once they were able to bring the price down, then it started to make more sense with getting Sean Payton here versus putting on the full court press and, and trying a third time with Harbaugh or trying to convince Demico Ryan's or maybe more so uh, his his wife and and her family that that Houston was wasn't going to be the choice that Denver made more sense. So I think late last week and into into the weekend is when it felt like oh this is probably going to be Sean Payton if they really want to hit a home run because Jonathan Gannon, Mike Kafka, Brian Callahan, names like that some people threw out there and I was told you know were never even a thought. Mm-hmm. That's not the home run that they were looking to hit or the big fish they were looking to reel in. Brendan Cristal, KOA in Denver. Just, you know, all of this makes sense for Sean Payton. He gets Russell Wilson, who we could fix, a pretty good roster, a diehard fan base. It's a tougher division because you've got to go through Kansas City, the Chargers, and the Raiders. But the, still the thing that I'm confused about is the reports that D'Amico Ryans was the number one choice. And I think there's some truth to that. And there's a lot of good reporters, including yourself, Benjamin Albright, Woody Page, everybody – some say it was Harbaugh one, D'Amico Ryan's two, Peyton three, Ryan's one, Peyton two, Ryan's one, D'Amico one A. I'm just surprised that it wasn't a slam dunk for Peyton. And before we find out what the numbers are going to be, Brandon, did this help out Sean Peyton when D'Amico Ryan said, "No, I'm going to go to Houston"? Did that lower the price for Sean Peyton, or all of a sudden bump him up what will be a million or two more a season? Yeah, I think that that becomes something that really only matters to Sean Payton, his agent, who Don Yee is Tom mm-hmm. Brady's agent as well, right? Don Yee having a bit of a weird day, right? Sean Payton gets a new job, he's going to get a nice little chunk of change, and Tom Brady walks away from from the game. But uh, I think that that matters to Sean and it matters to Don Yee. If you believe the reports that are out there, and Sportico went and did a breakdown of all the top coaches, and I looked at this, they did this in December, they estimate that Bill Belichick's making $20 million, and then right after that, Pete Carroll's at 15, and Sean Payton's or Sean McVay, I'm sorry, is at 14. And so I would think that Sean Payton comes in right around where Pete Carroll is. It's not a little north of that, but south of Bill Belichick, right? You can say, mm-hmm. hey, you're really good, Sean. We're happy to have you. We're not going 20 a year. We'll go 16, 17, 18, even 19, perhaps. Or maybe there's some obvious incentives. Hey, you win the division, it's a million bucks. You get to the Super Bowl, a million bucks. You win the Super Bowl, another million bucks. And next thing you know, you're not only the highest paid, but you've got those great incentives. So I don't think that matters as much when you're talking about the richest ownership group in the NFL as it stands. We'll see if Jeff Bezos jumps in and buys Washington or another team at some point. And so I think that the negotiation was more about, hey, we could go another direction and Saints, y'all might be out in the cold because Sean's contract's going to run out at some point. If he just keeps holding out, you won't have any leverage or be able to get any assets back. So I think that part of that was driving the price down with Mickey Loomis and the Saints more so than driving down the annual compensation for Sean Payton. Brendan Cristal, as we wrap it up, KOA in Denver. So for you covering this team, how fascinated are you going to be with the rebuilding of Russell Wilson? What's the story here? Because Nathaniel Hackett, Aaron Rodgers came out and said he loved working with Nathaniel Hackett. Nathaniel Hackett didn't forget how to coach. I don't think he handled the clock. He was terrible at down and distance, but Russell Wilson called the plays and could have changed every play if he wanted at the line of scrimmage, especially with that coach. How badly does he need to be fixed? Because Sean Payton's the guy to do it. Well, and I think maybe that's really where they start is making sure you're on the same page and calling the plays the coach wants. And I'm not sure whether it was Nathaniel Hackett acquiescing to Russ at times or Russ changing things on his own here and there or Nathaniel Hackett just trying to get Russ going maybe at the expense of the offense and abandoning the run a little too quickly or saying, hey, Russ has his arm talent, let's utilize it, and let's get this thing going. You know, they come back from Jacksonville's or London to win over Jacksonville, get a bye week, go to Tennessee, 
against a, a pretty stout defense and throw the ball eight and nine times to start the game, which involved, you know, a couple punts and not a lot of scoring there. And, and that was just kind of – it was always a bit of a head-scratcher. So, you, you know, we saw where Sean Payton said early in the year, if I'm the Broncos, I go back and look at what Russell Wilson did really well in Seattle and try to utilize that. The Broncos did that, right? They didn't just bring him in and say, oh, well, we don't even worry about anything he's ever done. They obviously looked at, at what was successful. Russell Wilson threw 292 regular season TDs in Seattle. But I think that he wanted to exist in the pocket a little more, did Russ, and didn't want to be on the edge, didn't want to use his legs as much. Here's what I think. I think that Sean Payton is going to force him to have to play more like he did against or like he did for that decade in Seattle. And I think it may come at the expense of a year or two at the end of his career, perhaps, if he if his body can't handle necessarily playing that way. But it will allow him to get back on track, like we saw in those last couple of games where he did operate on the edge. He did run the ball a little bit more when the opportunity was there and just take what's in front of you. Don't worry about the home run shots when they're there. Let it rip. But let's just pick up first down. Let's hold on to the ball. Let's score points. Let our defense make plays. We'll win games. And you're going to win a lot more games. You may not ever get that MVP. You may not get to 500 touchdowns, but he's already gotten to 300. So I think that it'll be more of that. Like he's just forced that this is how we're operating and this is what you do really well. So this is what we are going to do. We're going to put you in the best position to succeed, but you have to do what we say. Real quick, I know you're going into Deion Sanders' primes presser. How big of a story is the Buffs over in Boulder to Denver with all the great professional teams you have here? How big of a deal is this? It's a big deal, but I think it's, it matters most to my friends who went to Colorado or the college football fans around town. It'll mean more when, let's say, they open the year and go to TCU, a team in the championship, and, and go beat them in Fort Worth week one. Nebraska and Matt Rule come to town in week two. You've got to think college game day might be here in Boulder or it's going to be a huge, a huge national TV game. If they can start 2-0, and 3-0, and 4-0, and I'm not saying they will, but if you can have the turnaround similar to what Lincoln Riley had and with all these recruits that he's getting – his son is a legitimate four-star recruit that's going to come in and play quarterback. He's got the two highest recruited cornerbacks each of the last two years now from high school coming here with Travis Hunter coming and then the, the McLean kid from Miami. They're going to have a quick roster turnaround, and there is some buzz, but look, this is a Broncos town. You've got the two-time MVP and the best record in the West with the Nuggets, the Avs are the defending champs, and the Rockies do play baseball, so there's that. They're, they're probably behind the buffs right now in terms of excitement, that's for sure. But it's certainly buzzworthy. I think when the fall rolls around and, and Coach Prime, as, as he is now referred to, even in every press release, Dion Coach Prime Sanders has a press conference. I think that that's when it'll really, the buzz will build back up and, and it'll really start to turn heads and Folsom Field will be packed. They're already, they're already sold out of all their season tickets. It's going to be a fun time in Boulder, which is something they haven't seen really since the early to mid-90s. Thank you, my friend. I'll see you next week. Look forward to connecting with you in Phoenix. Thanks as always. See you then. All right, that is Brandon Cristal, KOA in Denver. So we had that set up. Sean Payton is second to Tom Brady's retirement. When we come back, i got to run. Vinny's joining us. Vinny Bonsignor, and he's been crunching some numbers on Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is available. He's starting to troll Green Bay now. Hey, they're not talking to me. This and that, he's golfing. The yoga cleanse should be coming up any day now. Do we set our sights on Aaron Rodgers for a couple of years? Hell yeah. If it's possible, what's the math look like? Vinny Bonsignor will tell you next. It sounds like there's already conversations going on that aren't involving me, which are interesting. 
honestly, I've been insulated to a lot of that. So when I make up my mind one way or another, then uh, you guys and Packers and everybody else will, uh, will know at some point. I love Aaron Rodgers. JT back with you. Brought to you by our great friends at Resorts World. I'll be there with Warren Moon, Charles Woodson, and Shannon Sharp this weekend for the Pro Bowl party. Vinny Bonsignor, kind enough to join us as always. Uh, Vinny, before we get to the math on Aaron Rodgers potentially, tell me what you thought about Brady. I was optimistic that the Raiders could get him. I think it'd be a massive upgrade from Carr to every other quarterback they've had going back to Rich Gannon. Yeah, uh, no doubt about it. Um, and it's, you know, it's interesting what's, what's, what's been going on over these last 24 hours, but I don't sense, um, you know, a big, a lot of surprise, uh, with the Raiders right now, uh, with, with Tom Brady's announcement. And, you know, uh, I think, I think when you look at it, was he their top choice? Yes, uh, absolutely. But did they put all their eggs in his basket? Uh, not necessarily. There's definitely other, uh, uh, you know, uh, places that they can turn uh, to find a quarterback. But I am fascinated right now because, you know, this is, I think everyone assumed or at least thought that Tom Brady was going to be a viable option. That's off the table. Where do the Raiders turn to now? I'm happy you're fascinated by this because not only do you have a big column, a big radio show, and you're a content provider, so you want to know where Tom Brady's going to go. He retires, and now we move on to Aaron Rodgers for this conversation. And you did some math on this, on the cap hit or what it will take. How could it possibly happen with Devontae here? We know that works. What would it take financially to potentially do a deal with Aaron Rodgers? Well, that's that's the issue, and it's not an issue of money, okay? Uh, because the Raiders definitely have uh, the money, and they're they're doing good in that regard, and and it gets better every day. Um, but it is sixty million dollars, essentially fifty nine uh, and some change that you will have to pay uh, Aaron Rodgers for the twenty twenty three season. And while they have that money to spend. Uh, the cash, um, it, it would also mean taking away from uh, their ability to fill other needs. And when we look at this roster, um, you know, you've been, you've been following the Raiders for years. Uh, it's been a long time since they've had a championship caliber defense. It's been a long time since they've had multiple players on defense uh, that can make plays, that are difference makers. You look at the teams that are left in the playoffs or in the Super Bowl right now. And let's just go back to last Sunday, uh, the four teams that were remaining um, and and playing in those championship games. And you looked at the rosters, especially the defensive rosters of those teams, um, and you you put that in comparison to the Raiders, and and you can understand why they're there and the Raiders aren't. There's a lot of work that needs to be done uh, on this Raiders roster, especially defensively. So do you want to, if you're the Raiders, pay $60 million uh, of your budget um, to one player, mm-hmm. as opposed to maybe using that money to be able to really address some needs that have gone unattended for far too long. So there, there's a lot of things that make sense about Aaron Rodgers coming to the Raiders, uh, but money, not necessarily in the ability to pay that money, but do you want to spend all of that money on one player becomes a real, real issue. And on the other, the other part of that, they could definitely do it under the cap. A lot of teams uh, can because $59 million of that dollar or, of that, or 58 and change of that money that he's going to get paid in 2023 gets spread over four seasons. So it's really the, 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 the cap hit mm-hmm. is, is not prohibitive whatsoever. It's just that money in your budget to one player. That's a problem. Vinny Bonsignor here, our teammate, Vegas Nation, Raider Nation Radio, Las Vegas Review Journal. All right, next up, Jimmy G. I like Jimmy G. I'm not crazy about Jimmy G. I just know he would perfectly run this offense through McDaniel's playbook that he knows going back to his Patriot days 
Walk us through the amount of energy we should put into Garoppolo, knowing that he's done with the Niners. Someone's going to make a run at him, and how cost prohibitive would he be? Because he's not going to play for free. Is he a thirty to thirty-three million dollar guy, or can you get him for twenty-five to twenty-six million? Well, um, I think you would hope that you could, but now that Tom Brady's off the uh, mm, yeah. um, out of the equation, all of a sudden Jimmy Garoppolo's value uh, just increased. There's going to be a bidding war uh, for, for Jimmy G. And I, I, I'm with you, and I think the Raiders feel the same way. He's somebody that can definitely um, fill that position at a, at a high level. There's two concerns. One is the bidding war. Uh, how many years now you're going to have to go, uh, and what's the money going to look like in order to outbid other teams for him, number one. Number two, um, there's an injury concern with Jimmy G. Jimmy G wins a lot of football games and helps teams win a lot of football games. There's no disputing that. Uh, but the problem with him has always been he gets hurt, uh, and he can't finish seasons, this year included. Um, and last year he finished the season uh, injured, and, and the, you know, the year before that, uh, there's just been injuries, I think three out of the last four years, he's, he hasn't been able to finish because of injuries. So that's a consideration uh, as well. He will definitely be somebody that the Raiders are interested in kicking and, and, and kick the tires on. Uh, but I'm not so sure that um, I, I see a path uh, toward that happening, especially with the competition that's going to be created now that Tom Brady uh, is is out of the equation. And we don't know about Aaron Rodgers. We don't know about Lamar Jackson. You start getting into that uh, who really is available, and it's it's getting to be a shorter list now, and it, and it might be shorter by the time uh, free agency uh, comes around. All right, Vinny, this is probably the most important off-season question I've ever asked you since I've known you, other than the Raiders coming to Vegas. If it goes with Stidham and a bridge first-round top-seven pick or the Raiders moving up, so they get the quarterback, the dream quarterback comes here to the Raiders. How much patience does the fan base not have? Because if Mark Davis says go with it, Mark's going to have patience because Mark's going to approve it. Josh McDaniels will have the ability with Dave Ziegler to work through it but you know Raider fans you're on the front line of Raider Nation how much patience will Raider fans have with Stidham and the franchise new young quarterback if it takes time to develop yeah uh, it's it's a great question and you know there might be some people that turn off the TV set for a little while Uh, you just have to um, you know account for that possibility but you know any organization uh, understands that the way you win the hearts of the fans or the win, win, win them back if you lose anybody along the way is by winning, um, and, and that's what this group wants to do. They want to win, and they know that there might be some tough times uh, ahead. We already saw one year uh, that, that didn't go as planned. Uh, they would have loved for everything to have worked out with Derek Carr. They would have loved uh, him to be the quarterback of the now and the future, but in their determination, that wasn't going to be the case. Uh, the record um, was, was a little bit proof of that uh, as well. So now they've got to uh, go in another direction at quarterback, and it might come to that. Um, you know, JT, in terms of Jared Stidham being the quarterback next year and, and, and drafting a young quarterback behind him uh, to develop. But also, you know, you have to understand that, you know, whether they take a quarterback at number seven or move up uh, to go get somebody, if they feel like they're not going to have access to one of the top prospects um, at number seven, you have to understand that doing that means falling in love with somebody. And we don't know if the Raiders have or not. I don't think the Raiders have made that determination yet uh, either. So um, that's the only way that they're going to take a quarterback at number seven or move up is if they are so head over heels over one of these top prospects that they feel like they have to get them. And I know this, um, and, and this just I think Raider Nation needs to keep this in mind. They're not going to force the issue just because there is a perceived opening at quarterback right now. 
Um, you go back to the 2011 uh, draft, all right? Uh, Von Miller, Patrick Peterson, J.J. Uh, Watt, I think, was in that draft. It was, a, it was a loaded draft, okay? But in and around those great players, guys like Blaine Gabbert were drafted. Uh, Christian Ponder uh, w- w- was mm-hmm, drafted. Yeah. Um, there was another quarterback. Oh, um, uh, the Washington quarterback that went to the Tennessee Titans, Locker, was drafted. Mm-hmm. And why? Because they were the best quarterbacks in that draft. And teams completely whiffed and missed on some great players along the way because they, quote-unquote, had a need at quarterback. The Raiders understand that they have to replace Derek Carr. They understand that they need to get better at, at that quarterback. But I don't think they're going to force the issue just because. If they don't fall in love with one of those three quarterbacks, they're not going to just draft one of them just because they feel like they have to. Even if they have to sit on a year with, with Jared Stidham uh, as the quarterback or another veteran coming in here uh, and rebuilding this roster, pouring all the other resources, uh, you know, including the seventh pick in the defense, in the offensive line, to, to build a good t- t- team and, and then maybe revisit quarterback next year or maybe okay. somewhere down the line on this draft, like a, a development type of a quarterback. So that's just something that Raider Nation is going to have to understand. There's no sure bet that the Raiders and Dave Ziegler uh, fall in love with C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young or Will Levis or Anthony Richardson enough to pick that quarterback at number seven or move up uh, as well to, to get him. Vinny, we're late. We'll run. We'll talk to you from Super Bowl next week with all your proud partners. Tell us quickly about your partners as they help this entire station get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, no doubt about it. Dos Caras, uh, Realty One Group have been fabulous um, partners with us, and uh, we're happy to be uh, alongside there with them. And I know they're all excited uh, about you guys going to the Super Bowl and, and uh, giving us some great reports from Radio Row starting next week. Thanks, Vinny. Appreciate it. There he is, everybody, the great Vinny Monsignor. When I like to do great sports radio, it has little to do with me. It has everything to do with guests like that. I mean, that's an incredible 10, 12 minutes from Vinny. He went through every quarterback scenario from Aaron Rodgers to Jimmy G to the Raiders falling or not falling in love with these rookie quarterbacks. That's about as up to date as you're going to get from someone very connected to the Raiders. That hour flew by. I'm open next hour. I'm pretty clean, as we like to say in radio. 702-365-9200. Give me a phone call on Brady's retirement and how it affects you today.